Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Leib Ben Amuna, and also for Haim Aviel Ben Rus. Please click on the subscribe button to subscribe to us on the America's Top Rebbitzins YouTube page, or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you are the first to know when an inspiring new episode is posted. I'm very happy to have on today's show, Devorah Sisso. Devorah is an internationally acclaimed Torah educator, motivational speaker, and life coach. She's also the creator of the Breakthrough Series. Born in Israel and raised in the United States, Devorah has a gift for connecting with Jews from all walks of life. Her energetic and soulful presentations have inspired literally thousands of students and young professionals. And um, as one of the, she's one of the most popular TV Jewish female Torah educators, and she has been featured several times on Torah Anytime, Itabrut, H.com, ITV, Nashim Magazine, and many other media outlets. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Thank you. Uh, what, what more than I do than that, what you just read? <laughs> I'm also a single mom of two kids that are beautiful two boys. Um, I am a daughter and a sister and a friend. Um, and most importantly, I try to be an Ebed Hashem. That's, uh, that's, my, uh, that's where my focus is at. So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, so today we're going to talk about what happens when a couple tries everything that they can do to keep their marriage together, but in the end, it unfortunately doesn't end up working out. Um, divorce is not a place where any couple wants to be, but due to a wide variety of circumstances, divorce is sometimes the only option. Um, so unfortunately, divorce is on the rise in the Jewish community, including in the Orthodox from community. And I want to start off our conversation by asking you, what is your point on Jewish divorce? Why do you think so many Jewish people are getting divorced, including people in the Orthodox community? I mean, it wasn't always this way. Divorce was a taboo subject. And I just wanted to get your points of view on the divorce and why it's so prevalent now. So in my humble uh, opinion, I think that divorce is more prevalent now than ever because times are really, really different than they've ever been. Um, I think human beings are the same but times, the times are changing. Um, and that means that the more exposure people have to um, what other possibilities are out there um, and the more they see it uh, on the screens, uh, there's like romantic kind of uh, euphoric kind of experience of being with someone. Um, and then they actually hit real life uh, certain circumstances and they hit real life issues and problems and things that they don't like in their spouse and that they don't wish to wake up next to every single morning. So that's where, um, that's where things get complicated for a lot of people. And I just want to say where this whole talk is going to be about divorce, but I just want to say something very, very important from the get go that if you are in, in the, anyone listening is in an abusive relationship, which means it's abusive, which means you're either being physically abused or you're being emotionally abused, but like really abused. You're not just, you know, sometimes when we think someone that doesn't agree with us is abusive to us because we're so used to people agreeing with us or that's how we have, that's how we've, we've always picked the people around us. Um, that ne doesn't necessarily mean that you're being abused, but abusive relationships are relationships where you're being gaslighted, where you're thinking, you know, one thing and you've discussed one thing and all of a sudden it's a whole different story the next day. Uh, abusive relationships where you're being told what that you're, you're being uh, told uh, bad things about yourself all the time, constantly being uh, belittled and put down and not seen and not cared for and treated really, really disrespectfully. Um, and, and, you know, basic things, you know, like um, 
uh, a lot of times there are just so many red flags for abusive relationships. And that's something that I, I really urge people to look into and to, to find out what the, those red flags are really before you're going into a relationship. Once you're in a relationship, if you're thinking of leaving a relationship, red flags are really, really important to know because they can get very, very confusing. It can get very confusing. I remember when I was in my marriage, I remember thinking like, oh, the confusion was is it good? Is it bad? Is it me? Is it him? Is it right? Is it wrong? Should we? Shouldn't we? Like, what? Like, all the confusion is really, really heavy. And oftentimes, people don't know how to read their their relationship. They know their own baggage. They know their own issues. And sometimes they think like, maybe he reacted that way because of me, because I'm this way, because I deserve that. You know, because you know, I also had a best friend leave me, and I also had uh, uh, other relationships fall apart. So maybe it really is me and they can stay in this kind of like, you know, mind game for a very long time. And I think that that's where things get really um, sticky for people and confusing. So to know clearly what those red signs, red flags are, because that's really important. If somebody is constantly belittling you, putting you down, uh, you know, not, not seeing you in any way, hurting you emotionally, taking money away from you, locking you in the house, doing things that are just not normal. They're not, it's not just because you're annoying or it's not just because you flew off the handle. Those, those are abusive people that have abusive tendencies. And that's what you need to really be clear. The, the, the lines need to be clear. The lines need to be clear. Where is it just both of us, you know, exploding on each other and not getting along and not seeing eye to eye and not having the right, the right, the same ashkafa and that, and where is it abusive? So that's something that needs to be clarified by, by anyone that's listening that's that's in this sugya. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I totally, yeah, and there is a difference, you're right, between somebody, you know, maybe you have a disagreement or somebody else is being annoying and then abuse. It's really completely two different things. And I'm so glad that you really pointed it out and highlighted. So thank you. Thank you. And with regards to why is there so much divorce going on in the community, I just think that there's a lot of exposure to very confusing things. Sometimes, you know, I just got to America and in Israel, you go to the store and you have like three types of like wipes. You know, it's like this type, this type, and this type. And then you come here and it's like, you walk into Walmart and it's like, oh my gosh, like which one should I get? I spent I spent 15 minutes trying to decide which salad I should get with the chicken or this dressing or with the chicken and that dressing or with the salmon and this dressing. And like, I spent so long trying to figure out. And then I was like, no, I want that dressing with that protein. I don't want, they don't have what I want. And then after 15 minutes, I left without buying anything because it didn't. But in Israel, I would have been like, okay, you have tuna salad, egg salad, and chicken salad. Find out the same dressing. Right? You just take, because when you have so many options or the illusion of so many options, the illusion of what, you know, the, the personality types and like, you have so much information. Oftentimes you end up choosing wrong and you end up divorcing wrong. Right. And, and that's because you're, you're, you're thing that everything has to really, really fit your, your type where the Torah tells us a whole different story here. And I think we're going to get to in our later questions. Amazing. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to acknowledge a divorce is really quite devastating, both to the man and to the woman. But today I really want to focus on the woman's point of view. And although sometimes divorce is necessary, it's really not always pleasant. Many women feel disempowered and they feel like failures when their marriage doesn't work out. They don't always have the emotional support that they need and their family doesn't always live close by. So they feel really alone and sometimes they're actually are all alone. So how can a woman empower herself? How can she find her voice again? How can she create confidence and rise up after going through a divorce? Okay, so a few things. Great question. That's 
uh, really good questions. Um, after you go through a divorce, don't expect anything besides for basic things from yourself, okay? Um, if you're going through a divorce and you want it out and all of a sudden you feel like a million dollars after the divorce, great, ride the wave. You feel good, go for it. You don't have to mourn. You don't have to anything. You're good. You're fine. Go ahead. But oftentimes you have to remember that there are, I think it's, what is it, five phases of mourning? There's the anger, then there's the, first there's the numbness, and then there's the anger, and then there's the, you know, there's all the phases of, of, of mourning, and divorce is definitely a mourning. It says that when a couple divorces, the, the, the shechina cries, the shechina cries, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it is an ending to something that, especially when you have kids, uh, either with kids or without kids, it was like something that like you both look forward to, it was a new beginning, you went through all the effort of dating and getting married and getting close and having children and Shabbat tables and mikvah and everything that use it together. And then, and then to start again, to start over. And this time with a wig on your head or whatever, you know, so it's, it, or children. So it's, it really is, it really is, uh, you have to give it space. That's number one, give it space, give it space. I, remember after I, had divorce, I spent three months, I spent three months depressed, sad, crying, rehashing, rethinking, um, getting, feeling guilty, getting angry, all of the rainbow of the emotions that come with uh, a separation like that, a breakage of a marriage is, is tremendous, right? It's tremendous and we have to give them space. Once we give them space, they move. If we lock them in, they stay. And then what happens is that we can get, forbid gets weak, physically weak, physically really, really weak. Like it really has a physical impact on our bodies. Um, so you have to like, let it out. You have to let it happen and don't be afraid of the pain and don't be afraid to go through the pain, even though it's like, you know, someone asking you, like, you know, when you're afraid to go on that roller coaster and you're like terrified, 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 or terrified to jump into that water or do the Tarzan or like, what are you scared that feeling the feeling the trepidation before of like being afraid to feel your feelings being afraid to go through the pain being afraid to allow yourself to like you know experience what's going on for you even if you don't like the feelings that are coming up for you you would really much rather be someone that's strong that has it together i don't really care it's fine it's over thank god good riddance it's over you'd like to be in that space but all of a sudden, as time goes by and night after night and night after night, things come up for you and vulnerabilities come up for you and they may come up for you. And when they do, allow them to. And it's the it's almost like the, the anticipation of, of the fear or the anticipation of going through the pain is much greater than the actual going through the pain and allowing the pain to come, to get to be released, to feel it, to cry through it, to talk through it, to do whatever you need to do. And then and then it goes, it flows away. It just floats away in the end. And then you move on to the next stage of your life. But if you hold on to all those emotions and you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you push them in and push them down and you don't want to be vulnerable, not in front of anyone and not in front of yourself and definitely not in front of your ex. And I'm not telling you they should, but that's what keeps it lingering for much, much longer. And it really, really can erode your physical and emotional health. 
And then, so then after you, you more, because I do think that you have a very good point because divorce is a type of mourning. You really are mourning something. You're mourning the loss of a marriage, the, the loss of a family structure, the loss, the, the loss of a relationship. And I think that it's, it's healthy. You know, you grieve it, you mourn it, and then it passes. And then, so how do we take the next step to rise up? Now we're finished mourning. What's the next step? Good, good. So this is really huge. Okay. First and foremost, be your best friend. Don't be your worst enemy. Don't be like, it's because of you. Don't go into the space of like knocking yourself down for all the mistakes that you've made in your life. Stop it. It's not going to help. It's not going to make anything better. Just right now, the point is to heal. And the way to heal is first and foremost to be your best friend, which means be the friend that you would want another person to be for you. That means when you're digging yourself a, a hole in your brain by all the thoughts and all the thinking and all the rehashing and all the whatever it is, be that friend that tells you, you did your best. You really remember you did your best. And there was a reason that you stayed for as long as you stayed. And there's a reason that you decided when time came to leave and that this was the right thing. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like, all right, I'm done with chocolate. I'm going to move on to vanilla because like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like you didn't make a decision from that place. You drove yourself crazy until you made that decision, until you came to that conclusion. So now that all this stuff is coming up, that's your Itahara and that's not your friend. Okay, so that's number one. Be your best friend. Number two is that you have to know that in order to really allow the, the right person to come into your life and the right relationship to come into your life, you need to fill your cup, which means you need to be kind to yourself, which means you need to find something in your life that's going to give you uh, peace, that's going to give you community, that's going to give you something that you're actually busy doing. So that means sign up to a class, sign up to a course, go do pottery, go do painting, go do something, go do dance, art, whatever it is, go do something that's going to enrich you, that's going to give you a, a sense of, oh, I'm doing something for myself that I'm actually interested in, that I'm actually into, that's actually fun for me. Invest in yourself. You have to know that the reason that you, that where you are right now is your cup is probably less than full half full, much less than half full. And in order for you to attract anything good in your life and any kind of well-being and any kind of happiness and any kind of better days, you need to invest in yourself. You need to fill your own cup. You need to do things that are going to empower you, enlighten you, make you feel like you're having a good time. Be busy with things that are, that are good for you. Even if you're just busy, that's also something that's important. Okay. But do remember, don't replace the actually going through the emotions of what you went through and clog them up with being busy. Don't do that because we, that's where we go to. That's our, that's our go-to uh, immediate go-to. It's like a drug. It's like a fix. I don't want to feel my feelings. I'll just throw myself into something that will keep me really, really busy. So I don't have to think about anything. No, don't do that. Process your feelings after you're processing your feelings and they're, they're always going to be there. Now get yourself busy with things that are a developing for you helping you build your own internal world, helping you find the things inside of you that you like. Like right now, I'm, I'm in Florida right now. And, and I came here just to like, just to restart. I need to restart before the year starts, before my kids are like go back to school. I need, I need my own time. And I, I took this time specifically to just go do me. And I was like, okay, that's going to be interesting because I haven't done that in a long, 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 many, 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 many years. And I came here and my first challenge was to walk into the supermarket and buy only what I feel like eating before Shabbos. Just like buy some things for me. And I, every aisle I walked down, I immediately saw like the things that were in sale, things that my kids love. I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, that, wait, I, don't, I don't need like, uh, I don't need apple cider vinegar right now. I'm like, <laughs> even though it's like, it's on sale, like I don't need it right now, even though 
And so automatically you go to the places where for your life, your kids, your family, what they all need, what they all want, what they all like, stop and say, wait, what do I like? What do I feel like eating? And then like, I don't know, it was like chocolate babka. I was like, cool. It reminded me of when I was with Camp Sternberg and Shabbos morning and we used to eat like oozing chocolate babka cake, you know? And like, that's what I bought myself. There was nothing, no yogurt. I was for sure you thought I was going to want it. Like, no, just this thing. And that's what I went with. It's almost like a re-getting to know yourself. And I've been divorced now for seven years. It doesn't end because, because really I, I, when I got divorced, I was looking so in so many places for any kind of like information. And for whatever the reason was, I, I had to reinvent my, it's like God's joke on me in my life that like, I'm always having to like make, create the wheel myself. And, um, and so I didn't go through all of the steps that I'm teaching you right now. I didn't go through this, this path. What I'm teaching you right now is like really like stuff that I learned on my own skin because I did all the mistakes first. I first, you know, got depressed, got sad, wasn't my own best friend, was my primal enemy, uh, did fall into all those sad stuff, was rethinking and feeling guilty about all the bad things that I did, you know, threw myself into being really, really busy and not processing my feelings and not going to therapy or doing anything like that, shut out the world, had no one come into my world, not, not, no dating, no friends, nothing, made my life, my children, my priority, like really did all the wrong things for myself. And only like, you know, two, three years ago, I would say during Corona was when everything came to a halt and everything came to like, <gasps> like that. So instead of doing it that way, doing it this way is really saves you a long, a lot of time. It's the, it's the long, short way in the end. So it's the really getting to know yourself, filling your own cup, doing things that are kind for you, being, being, finding an environment. I actually interviewed someone right before I came on here that is divorced herself. And I asked her what she did. And she said that she, she, she mourned, she went through her feelings. And then she always had this thing that she wanted to become a yoga teacher. She's always wanted to become a yoga teacher. And she was always pushing it off because she had to work and she had to do this and she had to do that. And then one day she was sitting on the couch and she said to herself, there's never going to be a good time to do this. There's never going to be a good time, enough time for you, only you, what you like, what you feel like doing, what's, what's interesting to you, having nothing and no to else to anyone on your life besides for you. And she said, if I don't do this now for myself, I'm never going to do this. And she took the money that she didn't have. And she went to this five hour class yoga course and she became a yoga instructor. And she, through that, she met a whole community of people and people that are like, like, like into what she's into, sort of people that were like from all over, but it created a community of people for her and they would sit and she had, she had somewhat of a life afterwards because of you don't you feel like I can't I have kids I don't have money I don't I can't I don't have the time I, I, I have too much on my plate that mentality is going to keep you in such a space that you're never going to really have be happy you're not going to be happy with your body not with yourself not with your relationships not with your life wow that's a really good point I love the way that you said that you know first you first go through your morning and then after that be your best friend and don't be the Yitzhahara don't continue the morning don't continue don't don't beat yourself up about it because you're right. In order to attract good things in your life, you need to fill up your cup. You need to feel good about yourself because when you really feel good about yourself, you radiate that to the world. Like genuinely, I'm talking about when you genuinely feel good about yourself, you radiate that to the world. And when you're radiating that goodness, you're naturally happy and you're positive. And that's how you attract those positive and good things to you. So it's really, really important. Exactly. Exactly. And also you can really only invest, you can really only get the next person, the real right match for you from a place where you're much more, you're not like desperate to find someone to feed your happiness. 
because nobody is going to make you happy ever. You're the only one that's responsible for that. So if you're able to make yourself, your life, so, you know, every day you have ups and downs, okay? But you're able to invest in your life and invest in yourself and take yourself to experiences and situations and classes and courses and get-togethers and different things that make you happy or meditation or spending time with yourself or davening, whatever it is that, that make you feel better, that's only going to give, that's only going to pay back big time. And, and the person that's going to come into your life, he's not going to come, he's not going to feel like, oh no, like this huge burden now, I have to fill every single one of her needs. But it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be a partnership. It's what she brings to the table, what I bring to the table. That's so beautiful. I love that. That's a really, really good point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so as we were talking, it's so important for women to regain our emotional strength after a divorce. And the last thing that they should do is fall into a depression. And it could be really, really so hard. But it's so important for them to find their greatness. So I want to give women one easy, doable action, one step that they could take today to step into their true and authentic selves and empower themselves. Okay, so I would say, um, I would really tell you to do something that you're not yet doing which means uh, physical energy is really important to up your spirit, okay? Goof and nefesh is something that are connected. You can't up your spirits and change things if you're not changing anything. And that means that you have to take yourself on as a project and take yourself out on a walk. Go do a swim. Go play basketball with your friends. Find a way to move emotion, to move physically because your, your emotions come from your from your physical energy. So find a way to move a few times a week. Dance. Dance your heart out. Put on crazy music and just dance, 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 dance. What motion does is that it impacts the emotions. Okay? That's what motion does. So if your emotions are, eh, you have to know that right now what you could do, right this second, especially since we're in August, almost in August, Get up and go for a walk. Go do something that is going to move you to a point where you feel like you have been uplifted. There's never a quick trick at these things. You're, you're at the office of healing all the time, your whole life. You're at the office of healing. But there is a, there is a, a way to, you know, to do it. And I just want to just mention, aside from this whole thing, oftentimes we, we, we move into a space of wanting to get divorced because... You know, we see all the things in our partner that we don't like, and we just want to move away from those things. And I always tell women that contact me before they decide to get divorced or are thinking of getting divorced. And I tell them, if you're at the point where you want to get divorced, for sure, get separated first. Like, don't jump from living together to getting divorced based in. Get separated first. Nothing is set in stone. Just take a few weeks to just everybody go to your corner, separate, split up. Everybody go to your corner. Everyone breathe. Okay, because when you're in this all the time, you can't think straight. You can't think straight. So that's number one. Getting divorced is a big deal, which means it's a big deal to stay in an unhappy marriage. It's a very big deal to stay in a poisonous relationship, in a rotten relationship. But it's a really, really big deal also to get divorced. So you have to know, is your relationship rotten because of your character refinement or lack of character refinement? Is your relationship broken because of Really, it's because of all him? Is it because you put all of your needs on him and don't realize that unless you have friendships and other things going for you and other things that you're filling your cup with, it's never going to work if you put all the whole responsibility on him to fulfill you and to give you all your dreams and make them all come true and to get it right every single time? Whether he's listening to you or he took out the garbage or did take out the garbage or you're reading into every one of his 
actions, he's just a human being. He's just a human being. You have to know that once your cup is being filled from other things in life, friendships, shi'urim, trips, doing things that are good for you, that are fun for you, that you have interests in, those things will fill you. You won't come to the relationship with either you make me happy on all levels or I'm out. Because where, where, where is that coming from? It's coming from a place of taking one person as the, the object of your attention and making him, forcing him to make you the object of his attention. And anytime you force anyone to make you, or anytime anyone forces you to make them the object of, of their attention, it will have the exact opposite effect. They're just going to want to push away because that's how it works. Okay? And a lot of times Hashem brings us with partners and with our, our spouses specifically because there's something called which means whatever mum you see in the person in front of you, oftentimes you're like, oh, he's so selfish or he's so messy or he's so... Oftentimes you get that mirror to see something that's going on inside of you. And where am I stingy? Where am I selfish? Where am I me- Where am I those things? Because I'll, I'll get rid of him. Okay, I'll get rid of him. I'll, get, I'll divorce him. It's a, it's a piece of paper. You get a piece of paper, put it under your arm, you're divorced, you're done. Okay? It's not a matter of getting divorced. It's not, it's not the divorce. You can get divorced anytime. Where am I going to meet these meadows? Where am I going to meet these meadows in the next relationship? Where am I like this with my mother, with my father, with my sister? What are people telling me? I have to start listening. Oftentimes we, we're so busy with, with reacting and giving our, like hearing what they're saying, but like already planning what we're going to say back to them, that we're not listening to what they're saying to us about us. Whenever you do this, it cuts me, they tell us. We're like, yeah, where do you cut me? You cut me when you do, 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 do. You're not listening. You're not communicating. And it's going to happen to you in the next relationship. So before you throw the baby out with the bathwater, let's have a clear and deeper look at ourselves and character refinement. Hashem will always, this is one thing that Hashem is not mevater on, your personal growth. He is not mevater on it. You'll get rid of, you'll dispose of this guy. He'll send you the next one. He'll look different and he'll have a different makeup. And all of a sudden you'll find the same midos are grinding up against you and you cannot take it because there's midos. There's a midos refinement that needs to get done here. And that's something that I think is really, really, really important. And the, and the last question that you asked, I think that it's, it's it, in order to really feel uh, better, you need to make, put yourself in a better setting. Don't stay in the pit and say, why don't I feel better? You have to move yourself to another setting, either physically get on an airplane and go someplace, okay? Or go on a trip or go out for a run. You have to physically remove yourself oftentimes, and then you will feel different your mind will come at at it from a different angle that's so beautiful i love it and like my favorite thing that what you said because it just it just rang so true to me is about being a mirror other people and i want to also bring up the point yeah a lot of times our spouses or boyfriends husbands you know are our mirror we could even see that in in our parents or in our friends somebody else is really you know you see that ah that little thing that just drives you crazy and you hate that you can't stand that character and then all of a sudden you, you realize one day that you have that inside of you and that person was just being a mirror because you hate that character in yourself and you see it in them and you see, when you see something in a different person, it looks different than it does. Well, you can always justify yourself. Well, I did this because, well, there's a reasoning why I did that. And you're not always so willing to give the other person the benefit of the doubt or that excuse. So when you see that character trait in yourself, you know, displayed in somebody else, it, it, it magnifies it almost. 
So exactly, and also the good, also the good when you see somebody so kind, and you know, you're you're also that. We are yes. such human beings are complicated, yeah. we're complex, we're complex beings. But just getting rid of chucking something, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of divorce. I know what it does, you know, and just chucking something and not really, you know, um, not really uh, looking at yourself in in a in a in a healthy way. Not in a guilty way. I yelled at him and I feel guilty and all in a healthy way, right? Where am I screwed up? Where am I Mido's bad? Where am I Mido's selfish? Where do I do these things? You know, and really working through these things. How many stories do we know of couples that got divorced and then got remarried to one another? You know, after years of healing, it's 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 a lot of us are very triggered because of our own emotional composition and our triggers. We have so many triggers and it's like a minefield in here. And he walks in and all of a sudden he steps on this and he steps on that and he steps on this and he steps on that. Girlfriend, go heal yourself. Go heal yourself. Go to therapy. Go to classes. Be around people. Go go have some girlfriends. Go out. Do things that are healing for you, that are also healthy for you, that you need. And then you won't have such a minefield inside. It won't be like every time he looked the wrong direction or maybe he didn't text you at the right time, all of a sudden that's it, my relationship is over. That means that there's a minefield in here and you have to heal yourself because it doesn't matter who's going to walk through it. They're all going to get burnt. A hundred percent. You said it, you said it, you, you nailed it on the head. I love it. You know, you have to heal yourself. And that's oftentimes you can prevent a divorce. Like this is before your divorce. You can prevent a divorce. If you really looked at yourself and healed yourself first, took time to figure out which meetos do I believe really need to work on and start working on them while you're still in the marriage. This way you give yourself time to heal and grow like time and patience. And then maybe you won't even feel that need or that desire to get divorced. You won't see it. You know, maybe you won't see the, the other person as such a problem or that problem will go away. You know what I mean? Once you heal yourself, once you work on yourself, that mirror that you're seeing that's being reflected to you, it won't be reflected to you as much because that trait will go from being bad to good, you know, within yourself. So it's really interesting. Exactly. Exactly. And really, I just, I keep, I, I really just want to stress this point. Really, really important. You are, you are your own, really, you're your own project. Like more than your kids, more than anyone, you're your own project. The more you, the more you invest in yourself, the more you invest in it. It's not, you're not going to be a good girl forever. Okay. It's hard to be a good girl all the time. It's hard to be on a diet all the time, but feed yourself well and take care of yourself and sleep enough and have friendships and do things that are just for you, just for you, because you're interested in that because you like those things. You feel you, you, you will be there for yourself. I promise you, you will see how all of a sudden this one's there for you. And all of a sudden your husband's being more sensitive to you. And now he sees you more often because if you don't see yourself, nobody's going to see you. What we put out, we get back. That's really, really important to remember that. Wow. If you don't see yourself, other people are not going to see you. No, no. How many of these, you know, our, our mothers, our grandmothers, there's like so, you know, martyrs, martyrs, martyrs. And like everyone just takes advantage, you know, they just take yes. advantage. Yes. So, exactly. So, so, so you're going to be a martyr. So you're going to be a martyr. That's with all the, the whistles and bells, the whole thing. You're going to be a martyr. So who told you you have to be a martyr? Who said that that's the right thing? Who said that that's the, the MS? Who said that that's what Hashem wants? The hefech. Hashem wants us to invest in ourselves. Hashem wants us to take a solitude time for ourselves, to listen to ourselves, not to go, not to explode. And oftentimes people go to addictions because they don't know how to, they don't know, they're just, they, they lose sight of, and they just need to feel good already. You'll feel good 
when you're actually paying attention to yourself. It's that like, little kid that you're like, he's like, mommy, 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 mommy. And you just keep throwing things at him. Food, money, trips, laptops, you know, gadgets. Just he wants his mommy. And as long as he's not going to get your attention, he's going to grow up in a lack of luxury. But he will he will become dangerous to society. Because if you don't give him attention, that's the number one thing you have to give yourself. Otherwise, that that ache, that pain, that internal mm, that's going on inside, it's not gonna get, it's not gonna go away. You have to give yourself attention, and it's not just by going to get your nails done. It's by investing in yourself, filling up your cup. It's giving yourself what you need. It's courses, it's classes, like all the things I said before. It's exercising, it's eating well, it's joining things that are that create a community of people around for you where you easily meet friends and people that you can talk to. And also, one last thing I think is really, really healing and important. And Rabushar said this in a class that I heard. He said, his daughter was saying this, that he said this, that she was there with a friend. And this friend was like, just totally overwhelmed with so much pain in her life. And he said to her, and she said, you know, Tati, this is my friend. And she has this and this going on. And he said to her, stop thinking so much. Talk, talk. It's going to come out and move on. And that's something that's really, really important. We are so busy. We're trying to keep it together to look like everything is great in my life. And like, nobody needs to know about my business. And what are they going to think if they see me vulnerable or fragile or whatever it is? You have to find that one friend, two friends, therapist, mother, somebody that you have. You have to go and talk. You need to talk and get it off your chest. Either talk or have this like, uh, what's it called? Um, it's called a, a stream of consciousness. Write down, just write down without thinking. Without thinking, you're not thinking about the next thing. You're just going to write, all right? Like, you, you let your hand go. You need to take it out of your system, of yourself, because that stuff, it needs to come out. And th then you will feel the difference. You will feel better. A hundred percent. I love that. I love that. And one last question, um, because I love personal stories and anecdotes. I mean, I just feel like they drive home a concept and they make something that is intimidating feel less intimidating. So I wanted maybe you can please share a story either from your life or from the life of somebody you know who has gone through a divorce and then persevered and succeeded in reclaiming themselves and finding renewed strength. Wow. Um, I could tell you I could tell you a little bit about what I did. Okay, because okay. this I this was a real burst of uh, from Shemaim. You know, and sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did I ever like how did I do that? Like now I don't know if I would be able to do that. It was just clearly from a different world. But after three months of being really, really, really hard and in a dark place, after getting divorced, moving back to my parents' house, living in a non-kosher house, they don't keep kosher or Shabbos, now with my two babies, completely broke, no money, um, ex-husband moved to a different state, no help from him. Um, my life took a 180, like a total turn for the worse. And that's what it felt like. We were a year prior to that. We were living in Israel and Yerushalayim. We had uh, a lot of money. We were hosting Shabbos tables of 50, 60 people every Shabbos. I was having babies. I was teaching in seminaries. All of a sudden, I'm back in Brooklyn a year later, um, sleeping with my two babies on the bed with me, having no money for diapers, like literally nothing. And in a really hard place. And now having to now also keep kosher and Shabbos in my parents' house, which was impossible. So we were eating out a lot and going away every Shabbos to different friends, which I didn't really feel like doing, you know. Um, and there was a lot of hardship, lots of hardship. But after three months, something snapped inside. And I started, I said to myself, I need a Muna. I know I need a Muna. And I don't know what that looks like. 
but I need a lot of it because apparently I, I, as much as I've been teaching and I went to be Sackle and I'm a speaker and all of that. Now, when a push comes to shove, I don't have the techniques. I don't have the tools I need to get me out of this rut. I'm like every day, every day, every day. I could not, I, could not, I would walk into the bathroom in the morning. I could not look myself in the mirror. I couldn't look at my face. I couldn't, there was so much pain going on. And um, I started researching. I started researching this whole concept of Emuna and creating your reality. And, and, I, and I went to all these classes and all these things, but nothing touched me. Nothing, nothing really opened my heart. I had to do a research paper on my own, a little bit from here, a little bit from there. Oh, this touched me. This gave me a ray of sunlight. This talk really opened me up. That little, this, it's not, you're not gonna get your fix from anyone or anything, not your therapist, not your husband, not your ex-husband, not your kids, not your mother, not your mother-in-law, no one, not your best friend. No one's gonna be that full on exact fit for you. You have to, and this is what I did. I started researching and researching for months and taking notes and taking notes and taking notes and taking notes and taking notes. And, taking notes. and little, little by little, I started feeling better. I gave myself tools and techniques and ideas of what to do and what works. And I would do them and I would see that they worked and I would feel better. And all of a sudden, three months in, as I'm doing all this work, I, I was born again. I was literally born again. I had energy. I got out of bed and I wanted to get out of bed. I put on makeup, I got dressed, I left the house, I smiled, I socialized. I did things that beforehand I could not even dream that I can be there at all. I started speaking in all these big places all over the, all over the States. I, was, I felt alive, I came back to life. You can't do it yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't do it yourself. You need the help of others. You need the help of outside things. And what was born from that, what was born from this whole thing was breakthrough. Breakthrough is, is turned into this, all the, the crazy writing and the, the doing it. And I didn't think I was doing it for anyone else. It, it was only for me. It was only for me to feel better because I cannot feel this way anymore. I'm going to die. I, I would rather die. I'd rather die than feel this place for so much longer. And, um, and this was, this turned into my six part course, which I've been doing and I've been giving to women ever since, ever since then. I've been doing it first. It was teleconference, then the internet. And then, you know, now I do it on Zoom and I do it in live also in person. So if anybody wants to start, we're doing it. We're starting another cycle, August 8th. Uh, it's with myself like this on Zoom. And uh, that's, that's really what, that's really my my story. But I, I had a lot of stuff to Shmaya. Hashem really took pity on me. I would lie in bed and just cry. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Because there was nothing else that came out of my mouth. I couldn't get up. I couldn't dive in. I couldn't do I couldn't do basic things. My mother was there to take care of my kids. I was really, really down and out. But you have to be your own helper and be your own best friend and hug yourself when it's hard and talk to God when you can't take it anymore, or even when you can, and really do whatever you can, whatever whatever strength you have to put out there, do it. And then it, you will feel better. It is a matter of ups and downs in life. And sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's easier. But that's you have to have techniques and tools and help from the outside world to, to help you because you can't always figure it out yourself. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deborah, for joining us on America's Top Robinsons. We really, really enjoyed having you here. And I know that you have empowered so many women and given them so much hisek, so much strength. So may this class have been for Fuwa Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Le Ben and also for Haim Aviel Ben Rus. Thank you so much. I mean, thank you so much. Thank you.